The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. My thighs are we're never going to solve this mystery. What happened? <laughs> and it's like my underwear. It's like, I don't know where, it, why. It's just in between my thighs. Maybe I was standing at the bar and my jacket was open. Maybe something spilled or something. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. And it's just right here and right here. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to solve the mystery of Jackie's wet thighs. My thighs are completely <laughs> soaked in between my thighs. Granted, my thighs touch, yes. However, my it's not coming from my fucking pussy. <laughs> because I went out outside the door of the recording studio. Mm-hmm. I checked my underpants. Mm-hmm. I didn't piss myself. No. I. Uh, it's the middle of the day. I'm not drunk. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's all wet. I'm, I could not tell you. Soaked through. Marcus can see the wet spots. <laughs> yeah. It's not, some, it's not a trifling wetness. It's very weird. I hope it dries. It will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like your thighs are going to stay wet forever i don't know what if they do <laughs> i even like checked those like maybe what if i had like some weird you know some goiter or something there that <laughs> popped that i just didn't notice like it just didn't hurt i don't think you know what goiters are i don't really look at my body very much. <laughs> i think we've talked about this before that is what as as a bigger girl i try not to look at my body so I wouldn't know unless it hurt I mean, if I had a goiter. It would have to be huge blisters, I'd say. Isn't that what a goiter is? Uh, I think a goiter is more of a growth. Is that That's what Holden McNeely has on his neck. <laughs> yes, Holden, the horrible lizard man from the Round Table of Gentlemen. He has goiters. <laughs> well, today, uh, we're not talking about goiters. We're not. We're not talking about goiters. But we, we did talk about my wet thighs, but yeah. that is a mystery. So if anyone has any idea of what that could be... <laughs> Let me know. Radio at gmail.com <laughs> if you would like to try to solve the mystery Subject, of... Subject, Jackie's wet thighs. Always Jackie's wet thighs. <laughs> uh, what we're going to be uh, starting off the show with today uh, is we've got uh, a close uh, mutual friend, uh, not really in the comedy world at all. No. Uh, not anybody that you guys would know. Uh, somebody that Jackie's known since college. Uh, I've become friends with this person uh, throughout the last few years. Just one of our good friends. Uh, and they've been in a very, very long relationship. Uh, yeah, since before I knew them, yeah. they've been together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been together for definitely uh, for so, so fucking long. Uh, and they have recently broke up. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of just got us thinking about, like, I, I know both of us, it brought up a lot of memories of uh, breaking up with people and how, and these people like they're kind of the couple in our friend group yeah well i feel like it's easy to be the couple when you're not a comedian i feel like sometimes it's easier (laughs) because it's like we all have like it's hard to deal with us but it's like when they're just normal amazing people that would like you see them and you're like yeah you guys man you're gonna get married you're gonna have kids you're gonna do the whole thing and it and it's weird because not only did it bring up a lot of memories but like I cried about it yeah and I know I'm a very empathetic person and I know that about myself but like it's gotten me down Mm. I found out about it today and I I'm like 
uh, I'm nauseous about it. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting sometimes when you have friends, you, whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, whether you have ever been in a relationship that you know that have been together for a long time, that it's just like, ow, when they break up. Mm-hmm. That it's that when it comes to like whether they are married or not, uh, that that divorce of friendships it, it is the choosing it is the like when they've lived together for a long time when i even think about like how do they how do they break up their apartment it's like a divorce been, it is a divorce yeah without the paperwork and i guess like i haven't been old enough yet to go through the reign of divorces mm-hmm. like i know a lot of people that got married young that are still together but i've i've heard uh from a lot of people especially dudes in their late 30s that say like oh yeah and the best part about people that get married young is that they have their resurgence of after they get divorced mm-hmm. in their late 30s and that the late 30s for a lot of dudes and women are just like their early 20s because yeah. it's the resurgence of their youth and i haven't hit that part yet and this is the first couple that i know that like it's really really affecting me and it it makes me reevaluate my relationship and like you said it brings back memories where like god it's just hearing her talk about stuff it it, it was just like a flashback 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 of the conversation of how do you deal with a relationship ending when it doesn't end in in a blaze of glory? When no. it's not, I fucking hate you. It's that no one did anything. It's just you just don't love any, each other anymore. And her talking about like that it was just, you know, it was a two-hour sad conversation uh. of them realizing that they just weren't in love anymore. And I've had one of those conversations. Me too. And it makes me remember things that I haven't thought about in years and and it just made me remember every single part of it just vividly that I just haven't thought about yeah me too uh, I see you were talking about you know the people that break up in like their late 20s and things like that I was that guy and I went because I'm a we're we're a few I'm a few years older than you uh, and about mm, three four years ago I went through this exact same kind of breakup we had been we hadn't been together as long as uh, the people we're talking about now we'd been together for about three years uh, and what happens that you know we just reached a point where it's like this just isn't gonna work like we had like the try to make it work months like two months or so where we started to see like okay like things just kind of weren't matching up uh we were sort of we were hanging out with other kinds of people we were having a different kind of life i was getting more into comedy and hanging out with you guys more right uh and she was uh working on her own thing uh and hanging out with some different kinds of people uh and we did have that two hour horrible conversation it's not something that we planned it wasn't like i knew that the relationship was ending but it's not like i planned it's like okay on that monday on that august monday that's when i'm gonna break up with her or anything like that and it wasn't that it was like i broke up with her or she broke up with me it was just a conversation and then eventually uh she just said is this over like is this is this over i was like yeah i think it is yeah, and then there was the two-hour cry, and then there was the big drunk, 
and then there was the uh, trying to, and then there was the you know dividing of things, and then there was me moving out. Uh, and even then, it didn't. It wasn't like moving out. It, what followed was a, for me. What followed was a fucking year of misery, like absolute fucking misery. Uh, one of the worst years of my life. And it wasn't necessarily the. It was the ending of the relationship, yes, but it was also the end of a life. You know, it was a completely different life that I was living that was nowhere near as good as the life that I was living before. Uh, so it was really, I think a lot of times with relationships like that, you don't mourn the relationship as much as you mourn the life that you had because everything changes. And when everything changes, uh, everyone deals with it differently. Um, I dealt with it by a lot of crying on the floor. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know the cry. You know the floor cry. Oh, I know the floor cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. The on your knees floor cry. Yeah. Uh, I did it through a lot of drinking alone. Yeah. Uh, smoking a lot of weed mm-hmm. uh, and uh, listening to a lot of uh, suicide while staring at pictures of the devil. There you go. We all deal with it differently. Yeah, mine was just getting banged by a bunch of awful shitty dudes and doing a bunch of drugs. So, yeah. With a lot of floor crying yeah. in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was and there. trying to not be alone for any second of the day. Yeah. A lot of that as well. And, and see, for me, it was a lot. It was a, a complete withdrawal. Right. Like, that's what I do. Like, I don't go out. Like, I when I'm going through those times, I don't go out and hang out with people. Uh, I withdraw completely. Because I'd say I've, I've had two really terrible breakups in my time there was that one and then there was one in college that was even worse uh it was another situation where we were living together but she just like left immediately uh and then it was just like me in this tiny little apartment by myself for like months and months and months uh and it was fucking terrible uh and I know that's the wrong thing to do now. Like, I know the whole, you know, and I've just got, you know, gone through a breakup uh, recently, and that one wasn't as bad uh, yeah. because it, there was a long, it ended over a period of like six months. Yeah. So by the time it was over, I had already made my peace with right, it. Right, you were already done. Like, you had already, you had done all of the mourning. It was done. I was done. She was done. It wasn't a breakup where it's like we cried for, you know, two hours while hugging each other. It was more like I came back from a trip to Texas uh, and it was like, is it, it is over, right? It's like, yeah, it is over. So how was your trip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly. All right, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. It's like, okay, that's exactly how the relationship w- or how the breakup went. Uh, but this one, uh, I think that this one's going to be. Uh, a little rougher. Uh, and this also, you know, this kind of relationship, this kind of breakup, uh, if you're in a very close friend group like me and Jackie are in, like, you know, the uh, all of us are, are very close. We're like family. Uh, and so when uh, a, someone breaks up, when a relationship ends, there's a ripple effect and it affects everybody. Uh, so it's kind of something that everybody has to deal with. No matter what age you are. No, no matter happens. what you age know? you it's are. Like, yeah. It's like the, the couple that everyone knows that it, it affects you in different... I feel like it affects you in different ways in different times of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about that earlier, Marcus, when you had your first awful breakup of how it just started a domino effect 
of other breakups around you. It was in college. That's uh, a, when like this a different happened. time. Yeah, that, that's a different time because it was also the last year of college and there were like three couples like they were like the couples. You know, it's like, okay, like those people are together, those people are together, those people are together. Uh, and it's like, okay, you know, actually I could see these relationships progressing past college, but my breakup was the first one. Uh, and then uh, my buddy Josh broke up with his girlfriend, and then my buddy Nick broke up with his girlfriend, and it was just like boom, 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 all three in a row. And that kind of happens. There can be kind of a domino effect where like that one couple breaks up, and then a couple more, uh, and then other people will look at their relationship and be like, you know what, I'm not really happy either. Uh, and then they break up, and then it goes on from there. And it happened to my parents when I was a kid. Whoa. Uh, it had That same thing happened. It was uh, when people were, I think it seemed, I think they were all in their like mid to late thirties because there was they had a definite friend group when I was growing up. There was about four or five like married couples. They all hung out together and they were all good friends. Uh, and then one of them got divorced, and then the next one did, and the next one did, and the next one did. Uh, and my parents were the only ones that survived. Like, like their marriage was the only one out of their entire friend group. Me growing up, theirs was the only one that survived. And the weird thing about it was that two of those people from uh, the divorce two of those divorcees from two different marriages they marry each other they married each other <laughs> which is also part of the problem when you're in a friend group of married couples mm-hmm. and sometimes that's an issue and they're still together good for them yeah but I think it's interesting to like really take a step back a bit when I was crying about this earlier and thinking of the fact that like all I could think of was Since Doug and I have specifically been through this exact thing before that we and we made it through on the other end that like all I could think of was like, I just need to see him. I need to see him right now and I just need to hug him and be like, we're not. Mm -hmm. It's never happening again. I never want to have that conversation with you ever again. And you won't. This is it. (laughs) <laughs> but it like it like pushes me into this like weird panic attack mode yeah. where I'm like it's not happening to me I won't do it again and that's also not a right way to feel I think it's just how I'm feeling right now yeah but it's very like animalistic it's how you're feeling today today that's tomorrow feel, you won't feel I'll like be fine this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that it that it does just sometimes can just hit you in such a chord that it makes it so personal even though it has nothing to do with you yeah it's like flash emotions yes like that that's what it is that when things like this happen you everyone has everyone around the the couple you all you just have these and i think that's what you're having right now like i say like tomorrow you won't feel like this but right now you're having flash emotions right uh and it's also very important when things like this happen to think about your and like when you're thinking about your uh yourself and uh what you're going through to differentiate between what is a flash emotion and what is a real emotion right. like what is a but what is a quick decision and what is the best decision when you're thinking about those things and hell honestly that's just something to think about throughout life, life that's yeah. just a, that's just a good thing to remember it's like when you have those gut reactions those flash emotions uh to remember to take a step back and really think about it and really evaluate what is the best decision uh because sometimes those first flashes those first thoughts are not the best yes. decisions. Most of the time, they're not. Uh, I know there's that's something that I definitely have to work on uh, because I know what my sometimes when I get into those flash decisions, I will it starts a, a feedback loop 
in my head. Uh, like the flash to set, like the whole like flash emotion happens, and then it just starts feeding get, like, into itself. It. Get obsessed with it, uh, and like get obsessed with like why did I have that thought? Why did I have that thought? And then you start thinking about that thought, and you start thinking about why you had it, and you start thinking about that thought and why you had it, and it just goes around and around and around until I sit down with a pencil, like a pad of paper and a pen, and I write out what that thought is. Okay, here's what here's what that thought was. Here's why I had that thought. Okay, that thought's kind of bullshit. Right. Like it's breaking yourself out of that cycle. And I know a lot of people out there are very uh depressive uh and obsessive. Uh so that's you know, when you start feeling yourself in that feedback loop, start writing it down or talk to somebody, either one. And also, I think it's important when you are watching a good friend go through a breakup to not use what's happening to them and equate it to your relationship. Yes. Where it's like, it is easy when you're talking to someone that has been down a long road and, and it's finally done where you're like, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm feeling that way too. Which I feel like that's what happened like when you have the domino effect of breakups where that's where it comes from. They're like, oh man, they weren't happy. We're not happy either. Mm-hmm. We're not fucking happy because I feel like it is that obsessive thought of like, oh man, if they can break up, that means we can definitely break up and that they're going to break up too. And then, and it gets to a point that is that flash emotion, but it gets so deep-seated into your chest that you can't look at your significant other uh, and, and see them. You see the other per- you see the people that actually broke up. Yeah, you exactly. know. And I think it's something that's like trying to keep it in perspective of when you are helping a friend, especially a good friend, through a breakup, that that you keep yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's really easy. Like I said, when the emotions come in and you start remembering your past and all that shit, and it's hard to mm-hmm. keep it in. It's hard to keep yourself in check. Yeah. And that's why I have people like Marcus when I came in here earlier and I cried about it for 20 minutes and now I'm fine. Like you wept. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the difference between Jackie crying and Jackie weep. That was that you wept. That, that, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm fine. I got it out. Yeah. Now I'm dry eyed, fucking tickle boned. <laughs> I got wet thighs. So, Lord knows what happened. Well, let's get to our letters for this week. All right. Uh, the first one, what, what are we going to call her? What are we going to say? Ooh. Fast fingers. <laughs> oh, tickling them ivory. Yeah, baby. Fast finger fanny. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ooh, fast finger. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we got fast finger fanny coming up next on 89.1. <laughs> the only jazz on your dial. <laughs> All right, here's what she says. Hello. I know you talk about it a lot and many people have written in, so I understand if this just gets pushed aside because the topic has been covered, but I am desperate. No, Let's no. talk Let's about talk it. Let's talk about it. I'm in my early 20s and I have so much regret over choices I've made. I spent thousands on drugs, which still haunts me even though I'm clean now and I don't struggle with addiction. Every day hangs over my head and that just makes me want to die. I feel like a worthless loser, and I'm starting to get numb. I was seeing a psychiatrist who gave me medication, but I didn't stay on them. I still have them, and I know I probably should start taking them again, but something is stopping me. I also decided to drop out of college, which only makes me feel more lost and like a loser, and I cut off contact with the support group I did have. I don't even know what's wrong at this point, so talking to someone isn't even a possibility because I have nothing to say. I barely have regular conversations with my family. How the weather is too much of a conversation for me. I don't want to talk to anyone. I feel like I should sink into a dark hole. I feel like I've sunk into a dark hole that I can't get out of. 
I know what I should do, I just can't get myself to do it. I really don't shower much anymore. I've also started to gain a lot of weight. My family had to force me to buy clothes that fit and didn't have stains and holes. The only time I feel any joy is when I'm spending quality time with my child, but even then I have a dark, painful feeling inside. Every night I think of how I could kill myself. I eat... I have heard your responses to people saying similar things, and you're right. I logically know you are, but I can't stop thinking about how it isn't worth it. Since I think it isn't worth it, I feel even worse because what kind of mother would say something like that? I'm a horrible person to even think of giving up my, a future with my child. I'm a horrible person to think of taking my life because then my kid will not have a mother. But then again, since I'm such a horrible person, he and everyone else would be better off without me. I do not even know the point in writing this because I know what I should do. I just can't get my myself to do it. Sorry if I repeat myself or if this doesn't make much sense. This is literally the best I can do to explain what's going on inside my head. Fuck how can I tell anyone what's going on inside my head if I feel this disconnected. Fastfinger Fanny. A, you should be proud of yourself that you tried to get help and maybe it didn't work out. You should be proud of yourself that you're writing this letter right now. Yes. Because if you were at the point that, you know, I'm sure that there are dark times that you get to that when you say that, you know, that everyone's going to be better off without me, you would not have written this letter. You say, how can I tell anyone what's going on inside my head? You you just did. You just did. You made the first step. Like you you were making steps because you know that that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Because inside of you, that's not what you want. What you need is help. And you talked to someone, they gave you medication, the fact that you went off of them meant that they weren't the right medication for you. Yeah. That or that the, the psychiatrist just wasn't a good match for you. And when you say you don't know what, what you would say to a person, that's their job. Yeah. Their job is to know how to ask you questions to for you to answer for you to get it out of you in another way, not just like a normal conversation. That's their job. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is you just gotta find someone that will be able to click with you. Yeah. Because that other person didn't. And you do have so much to live for. Man, you kicked drug addiction. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you gained some weight. Fuck. That happens. You know what? You can lose it. Yeah. You know, you, there there are definitely, it's like, oh, you had to buy new clothes. That's okay. Every day is a new day. Every day is a choice. And you have made the choice to get clean. And that's one of the hardest choices that people can make. Yeah. And as far as, you know, two people who both struggled with drug addictions mm-hmm. in the past uh, and both uppers, you know, yes. both of us were uppers people. Uh, and we both, we both kicked them, you know, yeah. and we have both stayed clean. You know, neither one of us have really gotten that much back into the speed and the cocaine. Uh, And that is something that you should be very proud of. And you say that you... um you say that it, the fat, all the money that you spent hangs over your head. You got to forget about that. It's done. It's done. It's, it's over. It's done. It's gone. You have to accept the fact that it's just gone. That's just the way it goes. You know, like it, you, what, just remember, it's like, yes, you did spend all that money on drugs, but you're not spending that money on drugs anymore. Right. You know, and it could be that your depression has something to do with the fact that you quit doing drugs, you know, like that's because you were, it sounds like, I mean, I'm not, as we always say, we're not trained mental health professionals here. We're just giving advice, but it sounds like it could be that you were using the drugs as self-medication. And 
a lot of people, when they have a drug addiction, especially people who end up with depression, that's what they're doing. They're covering their depression with uh, drug addiction. Uh, so that is even more of a reason why you need to find a psychiatrist to help you out with this. Uh, this is even more of a reason to find somebody that uh, is a good match for you, that you can listen to, that you, um, that is somebody that makes sense to you. Somebody that can tell you, this is why you should do this. This is why. And another thing is uh, you say, I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. Um, if you were a horrible person, you wouldn't give a fuck. You wouldn't give a fuck about your child. You wouldn't give a fuck about anything. That's what a horrible person is. Yes. That, I mean, that is, you wouldn't give a fuck. You wouldn't have written this letter. You would still be on drugs. You would, I mean, not to say that a drug addiction makes you a horrible person. It doesn't. I'm not saying that. Uh, but the fact that you care enough to write this letter, the fact that you care enough about your child to think about these things, that does not make you a horrible person. Making a, the, What makes a horrible person is not caring at all. And the fact that you even bring up your family in this, that obviously you do have people that are there for you, even though you may not feel like you can reach out to them right at this point in time. But there are people that are helping you buy new clothes. There are people that care for you mm. and you care for them too or else you would not have mentioned them in this email yeah and you said that you cut off your support system uh it doesn't sound like you did it sounds like you're or you, you might could, be pushing them away yeah you, well you said that you cut off your support group but your support system is still there you, you are probably pushing them away but these people aren't giving up on you remember that that you have people that care about you and uh, people that generally care for your well-being. And I'm sure there there might be things that, you know, they might not be helping out a whole lot with uh, the depression type stuff. They might be saying things uh, that aren't necessarily helpful, but remember that they are well-meaning. And a lot of people don't understand mental illness. Most people don't understand mental illness. And that's something that, you know, they, they just, they don't know how to communicate with you just as much as you don't know how to communicate with them. But it's not something that it can be overcome. And you seem like you, you really want to work on this. And you have to be proud of yourself for that. Because a lot of people are will never be at the point that you're at. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for stepping up and writing this email because it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to reach out for help in any way, shape, or form. And since you've made this step, I believe in you, and I believe in the fact that you can you can find someone that's right for you. It'll take some time. Mm -hmm. But think of your child. Think of you. Think of your family. Think of all the people that are worth it for you. You know, and, and I... and. I think that you believe in yourself a lot more than you than the depression allows you to. Yeah. Yeah, there there's something that is you've got I don't know, a dam or something like that. You've got something that's blocking you. Uh, and it, a lot of times that's what depression is. It's a, a block in the hose. It's a, a severed connection. Uh, there's something the the feelings are trying to get through. Like those, the feelings that you have, the love for your child, uh, the you know survival feelings, the love for yourself, all that shit is trying to get through. You just have to find a way to let it get through. And you can, and you will. And this is something that, uh, like we said, you've, you've taken the first step just by anyone out there. If you, if you have written to us, you have taken the first step. You have admitted that you have something, even though we're total strangers, uh, you still admitted it to somebody. Uh, and hold on to that. That's a, that's a big thing. That's a very good thing.
But thank you so much for writing in. I think that you can keep on keeping on. And please, please let us know how it goes. I'd love to hear back from you. Yeah, let us know. All right, next up. uh, What are, oh, by the way, uh, he said he's a big Dragon Ball Z fan. So he wants a a name that makes him sound like a kick-ass fighter. Corkscrew fingers. <laughs> I did fingers twice. Uh, corkscrew eyeball laser. <laughs> oh, no, it's made out of corkscrews. It's not just a laser. There's also corkscrews. It's pretty much anime. Is yeah. that good? Yes. <laughs> it says, hey, Marcus and Jackie. First of all, I'm going to say what everyone else says. Thank you for being so awesome. CCR has helped me deal with so many problems and has opened me up to many new things. I first started listening to last podcast podcast a year ago and then started listening to others uh, such as of course sex and other human activities I'm originally from the UK but moved to Japan almost two years ago it's been my dream to live here ever since I was seven I set a goal to live in Japan by the time I'm 30 and I managed to achieve it almost eight years early I would say I am a very focused person I was told I would fail at everything in school and life in general I feel proud that I managed to achieve my dream I met the girl of my dreams almost instantly and fell head over heels for and I'm happy to say that I am engaged right now. I have one worry that I hope you guys can help me with, and as I know, Marcus was with a fellow Brit at one point. How do you deal with cultural differences? Japan and the UK is completely different. I grew up in a small town of almost 3,000 people, and now I'm living in Tokyo. Culture shock hit me hard, but now I'm able to deal with the hustle and bustle of city life, but there are things I can't get my head around, things that really piss me off. Little things like my girlfriend not asking me how my day was. Are you okay? My Japanese is getting better, yet I struggle to do easy things like go to the bank, doctor, or even shopping sometimes because I just freeze. I sometimes think my girlfriend forgets and expects me to do everything, slash, I already know how to do it. When I have tried talking to her about my insecurity issues, she just says things like, well, if you want to stay in Japan, you need to deal with it. To a point, I agree, and I kind of like how brutal she can be, but other days I just feel like she's being harsh. Sorry if I sound like a bit of a pussy. Tokyo is such a big place, yet I feel so alone sometimes. I guess it's the same with all big cities. I have some friends, but his work is busy. I don't really have time to see them that much. So to wrap this rant up... Do you have any advice to try and make my girlfriend understand how hard it can be living in a country that I don't speak the language, how to feel less alone, and any other advice for city life? Thanks for being awesome, and your show keeps me smiling through dark days. Uh, much love. Corkscrew eyeballs. Corkscrew eyeball laser. Eyeball, <laughs> eyeball laser. Excuse yes. me. Excuse yeah, me. I'm uh, sorry. Yes. I mean, I feel like that's really, it, it, that is a hard situation. As someone, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I've never been in that situation before. Uh, I, I, I date primarily, I mean, I've never really been around anyone from other countries. I mean, here in New York I have, but not in the dating world. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be hard for her that, like, has she ever left Tokyo? Yeah. You know, is it something that, like, has she been to the UK? Not that I, it doesn't seem like you're eager to go back, but would it be something that it, if it is so difficult for her to understand that, that that would be something that would intrigue you is to take her to another place just for a week or so to kind of draw Britain to kind of be like, yeah, this, this is hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this t- is fucking, I mean, I'm sure she can speak English as you don't really speak Japanese all that well, yeah. but still like, yeah, th- take her to England and say like, yeah, th- just show her the cultural differences that she doesn't see. 
Yeah, because especially if she's surrounded by it and that if, if she is so harsh and, and it seems like it is a harsh culture in general when it comes to emotions and saying like, well, just do it, right? Mm. Uh, I have a few Japanese friends myself and like it seems like that's like, sometimes they'll say things where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> I didn't mean to upset you. They're like, I'm not upset. It's like, oh, I didn't. Uh, you sounded upset. You had no emotion when you said it, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that like, it's just something that she doesn't understand that she does judge you for but i think that you're completely in the right in this situation and it's a hard thing to communicate with her especially if she does shut you out that if there is a way to i i I mean i don't know what is available over there but if they do have couples therapy i mean that it does help being able to talk through an unbiased person about these issues especially someone that would deal with like like someone that is from the UK or from the United States that is practicing in Japan that would be able to explain through the person rather than just coming from you. Because maybe it, you need an outside source in this situation to really be able to communicate with her. Because I feel like that's what it is, is that through all these hardships that you're having, what the core problem is, is your communication. Yes. And that is such a huge part of relationships. And sometimes, you know, we Doug and I both speak English, but sometimes we don't understand <laughs> each other. You know, it's yeah. like, and it is something that you do have to sit. And then, especially with dealing with two different languages, that getting what you really mean across is difficult. And I think that going through someone would probably be able to help. And I'll say, as far as me uh, being with uh, a Brit uh, for a couple of years, uh, yes, there were a lot of cultural differences. Uh, and if I'm being the, if I'm being completely honest with you, we couldn't get through them. It was one of the reasons why we broke up. Well, that also included religion as well. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were a lot of different cultural differences. You know, it was religion, but honestly, I think it was the um, a, a lot of it was the cultural differences. Her bring like the European, the European, to American. British to to American type stuff, uh, and and we tried quite a bit. To, to get over that and to get past that. Uh, and it just didn't, our personalities just didn't work out that way. Like it just didn't necessarily work out. Like I needed things uh, from her that she didn't necessarily understand. And she needed things from me that I didn't understand. Uh, that I didn't like that, you know, she, you know, we talk about these things and for hours upon hours uh, and it would be, and it would always just be stalemate. We would just be sitting there banging our heads against each other. Just being like, I don't get you. I don't get what the fuck's going on here. And she'd be like, I don't get you either. Uh, and, there wasn't anything wrong with that, right? It wasn't that, you know, one of us was in the wrong and one of us was in the right. It was just that we couldn't get past that, you know, and we just couldn't get past the cultural differences. Uh, and sometimes that just happens. You know, sometimes you also have to be prepared for the possibility that it might not work out, that it's not necessarily a cultural thing. It might just be that your personalities don't mesh, that she doesn't have what you need in a relationship like you need sounds like you need someone to say like hey how was your day how's it going you know like which is also normal that's not out of the ordinary everyone is different and like that's an okay thing to want yeah that's an okay thing to want and that's an okay thing to need that is not asking a whole lot but if that's not something that she's willing to do that's a very simple fucking thing to ask 
<laughs> like, that like is even a, to ask her to do it. That you know? is a very small thing to ask. And if you have asked her to do it and she refuses to do it, then that also shows uh, an unwillingness on her part uh, to do any sort of uh, collaboration. Yeah, there's you. no compromise. Yeah, no compromise, no collaboration. Uh, and that's a bad sign. Like that, that's something like that. That's a red flag. You know, that, that means it's not necessarily, I mean, it might not even be a cultural thing. It might just be a her thing. Because also think Mark, it's like in your relationship, there were cultural differences, but you were still able to get around. You both spoke the same language, Yes. which is like, you were both still able to do your everyday things. But imagine that burden of like someone not understanding that you were not able to do those things. So like that you were not able to communicate with all people in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, if this is something that you really want to make a go out of this, get Rosetta Stone. I mean, get like, you should like double down on your Japanese. If this is something that you really want to make work besides like doing, if you are able to do a couples therapy, if you're able to really sit down and talk with her, or maybe you need to gain the language to be able to communicate correctly with her. Yeah. I mean, specifically, I mean, maybe you should, uh, you know, work more on interpersonal Japanese than business Japanese, like every day going to the bank, that type of thing. I mean, hell, maybe spend that extra time working on uh, the type of Japanese in which you're just having uh, a friendly conversation with someone, an actual interpersonal conversation. That could absolutely help. Uh, And... You know, and also the, you know, I know how you're feeling going from a town of 3,000 people to living in Tokyo. I mean, I went from a town of 300 to a town of 200,000 to a town of 8 million. Yeah. It's a big change. It's it, the loneliness, like you say, like being, uh, you know, lonely in, you know, a, um, you know, feeling lonely in a town of so many people. That's everybody who lives in a city feels that, you know, even it's like mine wasn't that even big of a jump, but it's just there is a loneliness in going by hundreds of thousands or millions of people that you walk by every day and, and no one notices you and, and no one cares about you and you, and you just go because everyone's in their own bubble and and that's just a hard thing to deal with on its own especially when you're not coming home to someone that gives you the comfort that you need yeah uh, you know, it just makes you more lonely. And also to, but also to a certain extent when she's saying if you want to stay in Japan you need to deal with it She's right. Yeah. I mean, that that is, she's right. Uh, I mean, if you want to live in a different country, and I'm sure that if you said that you've been dreaming of living there since you were uh, seven, I'm sure your idea of Japan was romanticized so much more than what japan actually is right uh it had you i mean if you've been thinking about this for most of your life then i'm sure it's much different than you thought it would be so you need to forget about all of your romanticized notions about japan forget about what you thought it was going to be and concentrate on what it is that and also remembering that i mean Tokyo isn't the only place in Japan. No, there's Kyoto. I mean, there's, there's a, but there's a lot Hiroshima of Hiroshima like, and Nagasaki. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're bringing out the American in us. But I do know there's a lot of like, there are millions of small towns. There are like, there are expanses of countryside. There are different places that you can go. You can go to certain islands. You can try out different places if you're able to. I know it's hard with jobs and it's hard to just get up and move like that. But remembering that like, it's not just Tokyo. And you're also 22. 
You're, yeah. you're very young. Yeah, man. You're eight years ahead of your plan, yeah, dude. This girl ain't all, she ain't the end all be all. You she know? might not be. Yeah. And she said, and you met the dreamy girls almost instantly. She ain't the end all be all. And from what I hear Maybe about. she's real good in bed. <laughs> but you know, from what I hear about Japan, what I have read in certain news articles, there is no shortage of single ladies yeah, in man. Japan. I mean, I've, I've heard much about uh, there's a lot of problems with people getting together in Japan right now. No shortage of sing- single ladies in Japan. Yeah, man. Uh, they and, ain't playing Beyonce out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're like, a, you should put a ring on it unless you're 22 and maybe this isn't a good idea. He's engaged. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I know. Yeah, you are engaged. Uh, and... That, you know, and, and you just, I mean, make sure that this is what you want. Make sure that, I mean, you're 22, you're getting engaged. It's not going to say that no one at 22, you shouldn't get married and that nobody should get married, but make sure this is what you want. Make sure that she's the person that you want to be with. Or her father might cut your head off with a sword. <laughs> I think that's what they do. That's definitely what they do. Her father will cut your head off with a sword if you divorce her. Remember that. I'm an American. <laughs> I have never left this country. Yeah, just uh, yeah, but really, really evaluate this thing and and, and really ask yourself: Is she ever? going to change um is she ever going to give you what you need uh or ask yourself um am i going to change am i going to give her what she needs uh and if the answer is no then it might be time to reevaluate this whole thing before you take the big plunge yeah it's a scary plunge yeah it's a big one man a breakup can happen at any time (laughs) that is what we have proved today flash emotion flash emotion (laughs) don't trust anyone flash emotion all right well that'll do it for today (laughs) if you have any questions for us uh comments or if you want to comment about anything that we've talked about today cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is the address uh and we'll see you guys next week thank you so much guys hell yeah yeah For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.